Hello and welcome to the Driven by Diversity podcast. I'm Mariana. And I'm Steph. And every week we shine the spotlight on underrepresented groups in the world of racing. Our guests share their journey into the sport and also delve into what diversity and inclusion means to them. We hope that we can provide you with real role models who you can relate to and who represent you. And more than that, that you'll feel inspired and encouraged to know that you can make it in motorsport, no matter your background. The only full-time female rally driver in the USA is quite a title and one that today's guest wears proudly. After growing up experiencing the harsh winters of home state Vermont, it might be fitting to declare that the rally world chose her, as it was after attending winter driving schools that gave her that first taste of car handling and control. Picking up the bug for just pure driving, sports car racing then made its way onto the agenda, only to be soon pushed aside for rallying. And the rest is history. Strongly believing that visibility is key in order for more women to make their way into motorsport, in our chat we touch on W Series as well as other initiatives set up to support females within the industry. For Season 2, Episode 2, we are bringing you Kiana Erickson Chang. So, fun fact, you are the only full-time female rally driver in the US. Can you tell us a bit more about the story of how you actually first got exposed to racing? Yeah, so um, actually I started out mostly performance driving and my I grew up in Vermont and my dad um, wanted me to have the experience of going and learning some winter car control. So I went to do that and then mostly just wanted to go back to get better at learning the car control skills and then once everything started to click it wound up being a lot of fun so there was an ice racing organization that actually held events the day after the winter driving schools and after a couple years of doing the schools I started going and doing the races in an old Audi 90 and um, from there started getting into endurance racing on the racetrack and all that kind of stuff and was planning to make a move into sports car racing when one weekend my dad was like hey let's go to Maine for the weekend and go see this New England Forest Rally and I'd done a couple of rally schools just for fun and again more car control experience and once we were there on the side of the stage watching the rally I was like oh this is what I want to do so we threw all the plans for the next year in the bin and started building a rally car as you do just classic just building a rally car just so you can uh, (laughs) can start out doing that that's really cool um and also really interesting that you sort of started so naturally in that it was sort of to get more car control for the roads I guess because where you grew up is quite sort of like in the winter time the the roads can be quite dangerous right right and It was just all about improving, improving, and I was never actually that interested in the racing side of things, but once there's only like so far you can progress doing the schools with the instructors that you have, and then from there, it was just like a push to get myself to improve even further. Fab. So obviously not everyone will start out that way. You know, if if someone wanted to get into rallying specifically, what advice would you give them and sort of how can they start off going right back to grassroots? How how would you typically get into that discipline? I think there are two big pathways and one of them is to go and do 
like a rally school or a, a co-driving course with one of the other co-drivers. There's a couple, Alex and Rian and run Oz Rally Pro out in Idaho. And then another co-driver, Craig Drew, has been running online courses or going to do something like Dirtfish or Team O'Neill to just kind of learn the basics and how everything works. But then there's also a lot of the more grassroots teams that get into rally crosses and then eventually build their car up even further and then eventually do either a rally sprint or a stage rally from there. Okay, cool. And at what sort of age can you start doing that? Because obviously with when we look at single seaters, a lot of kids start competing at eight, but some of them are in from younger. What's How does that typically work in rallying and with co-driving as well? So I believe now the co-drivers in the US at least can be 16 with a driver's license because Mm -hmm. I think the main requirement is that they could drive the car if they had to. And if they are younger that and maybe they need to have a full driver's license or their restrictions have to be met by their driver. So if they require to have someone over the age of 25 driving with them, that the driver is older. And then like going and doing any rally schools, a lot of the schools will actually like teach younger kids. Like I know they've had as young as I think nine. Oh, wow. (laughs) In the cars. Amazing. Um, You see, that's not quite typical. Um, But and then I believe that the rally cross side of things would require you to be um, like have your driver's license as well. Mm. Interesting. And how is it um, rallying in the US where the fan base isn't quite what it is as it is over here in Europe? Is it massively different or how do you find it? Yeah, I think it was definitely a big shock going to Europe. And for the first time, there's um, even photographers or fans out on recce waiting at the start of stages just to get like that photo or autograph before the rally even starts or that's typically like a very quiet day for teams in the U.S. Um, and yeah just the scale of everything is so much bigger in Europe but then this year with COVID you have like no spectators anyway and it's just like very definitely quiet year out on the stages but I think the organizers are doing a really great job at still making it work and increasing the availability to follow the events online because now that's become something very important Mm -hmm. and what typically goes into preparing for a rally what's your normal um course of action before you kick off of the race um so a lot of time watching uh old stage videos if we have them or if even other people have videos online of the stages um kind of reviewing notes and I try and like write some notes down about like what my favorite stages were and what happened to look back um, the next year and reviewing all of that and then there's just the organizational side of plotting out if we have recce routes that's normally on the co-drivers side of things but if um, you're like me where I'm doing all the hotel bookings and everything then sometimes it's still important to review like what the recce plans might be because for example in France last year we were having to 
like move around during the evenings to the new towns um, in between Recce. So just kind of creating movement plans and then doing all the bookings as well. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it with rallying. So obviously you've got all your different stages. It's not just one, you know, half an hour race or whatever it is. You've got all mm-hmm. these different, uh, I guess, bits of the puzzle to sort of be organised about. But it's not just that as well. It's obviously you've got the side of um, funding that you need to get your sponsors in order to be able to race. I think for your Fiesta build, you had gathered sponsorship, but also crowdfunded how do you typically go around attracting sponsors and partners to enable you to continue racing? Yeah, really big thing for me at the sponsors has been like to create long relationships. And my first one was with Molecule Sports, who does a lot of the uh, performance apparel care. And it's just, you know, we're all a family, the athletes and everything. And being able to build upon that year after years, like been very important to me and not just, uh, you know, a business transaction. Yeah. Like a long-term partnership has been something that I look for in the sponsors. Absolutely. And uh, repping now with your jumper that you're wearing for our <laughs> all day listeners, obviously you won't see that, but that's just proof there. <laughs> um, for this past year, I know you did just touch on COVID um, a couple of minutes ago. Obviously, it's been a bit of a strange one this past year. I think you had plans for the Junior World Rally Championship originally. What has sort of kept you busy during this downtime and what are your plans for when everything sort of settles back into place and in terms of your, your races that you're going to be sort of hoping to, to go on to? Yeah, it's been definitely a bit tough because um, really my I originally planned for my first uh, round of the Junior World Championship to be in the fall of 2018 and then wound up being during Wales Rally GB last year, um, so fall of 2019, and then 2019 was originally supposed to be like the full year so then having everything kind of put on pause again for this year after being accepted in it's been a little bit tough Mm. Um, but I went through a move and just a lot of different living changes so that's been keeping me plenty busy the last (laughs) few months and um, just you know trying to keep up with all the events that are still going on and learn more about them um, since I can be there and just try and get all as much information as I can heading into next year, what the rallies are like, because it's so much easier when you kind of know your way around a place. Mm. Um, And, you know, now I'm getting older and approaching like the end of the eligibility for JWRC and uh do have like a couple years left to go but I'm not going to be you know three times in the championship with you know three times at all the rallies and Mm. having that kind of advantage now I know that you and Steph first met uh last year I think it was at the F1 in schools world finals and you are involved in the judging there can you tell us a bit more about how you got into that and what your role with that actually entails 
Yeah, so um, in 2016, a social club that I was involved with in New York City, the Classic Car Club of Manhattan, um, was hosting one of the regional finals for F1 in schools. And um, the club director had put out some feelers to get some extra volunteers for the event. And I decided to go and judge the verbal presentations. Mm -hmm. And um, Juan, who was running the program in the US at the time, was like, you've been really great here. Can you come out to the nationals and help us out with that? So in the spring or summer, I headed out to Texas and wound up um, becoming the uh, head judge for the Land Rover 4x4 in schools competition for the U.S. Cool. And then doing um, scoring and a bunch of other judging on the F1 in schools side. And was involved in that for a few years and met some of the key players from the UK side of things like Dave and Oscar and um, and even Andrew and he later invited me to come judge the finals world finals and so did that last year and went to Abu Dhabi and met Steph and <laughs> did track judging there and then actually tomorrow I'm helping out with the nationals <laughs> here again so virtually. <laughs> Fab stuff. That's super cool. And going back to what we touched on at the start of the conversation, the fact that you are the only full-time female rally driver in the US, what are the challenges that you've faced, if you have faced any, relating to the fact that you are female in such a male-dominated sport? I think overall everyone's, you know, pretty respectful and just in the motorsport world in general, you kind of have to cut your teeth and earn respect. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been, you know, pretty much the experience for me and for most other people. But once in a while, we like, we'll see maybe a rookie team coming up and they're not like understanding part of like a check-in procedure, for example. Mm -hmm. And I just can recall one event where I had a female co-driver sitting with me, one of the most experienced co-drivers in the U.S. And, um, you know, we put the rolled up to the car ahead of us and put the open the door and, um, you know, we're like, oh, they're waving you in. That means like you have to enter the control now. And, you know, they didn't believe us and kind of gave us like this, like, oh, these girls like don't know anything kind of look. And then by the next day, they're like coming up asking for advice because they realized we actually like knew what was going on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. But so I guess just like, yeah, some once in a while you do have someone coming in with like Mm. preformed idea of. Yeah, the misconceptions can be pretty um, pretty harmful and often so unsubstantiated uh, as those people found out pretty quickly. <laughs> what do you think are some of the um, the obstacles more generally to women getting into motorsport? Because I mean, it's not just rallying that there's underrepresentation of females, it's across the board. Do you think there's any in particular obstacles that you've come across or observed from other people within the industry? I really just think that the biggest block is that, you know, 
younger girls, women, like, aren't seeing Mm. females in those, like, positions. Like, the visibility just hasn't been what it needs to be. And I've actually noticed since I was, you know, making the plan to go into sports car racing, the difference in the number of women that are actually, like, doing that and really having a presence. And so that's been great. And luckily in rally, we actually have a lot of female co-drivers. I think a lot of them are brought into it by their partners. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like great because a lot of them actually wind up finding a love for it and going on and, um, you know, working with other teams or getting into driving later, which is really great to see. Um, But I think that the visibility aspect is just a big one that needs to be overcome. Yeah, for sure. It's something that a lot of our guests on this podcast actually talk about because it's the exposure that is so important to even know that it's an option in the first place. And I think um, sort of linking to that in the Motorsport World W Series as a championship is something that has come about to sort of sort of show that exposure so that for young young girls watching they know that that's a possibility they know that that's that's potentially something that they could go on to do if that's what they're interested or inclined to do and have the talent to do um I know that you did an AMA reddit a red yeah an AMA on reddit and that was quite a long and interesting one actually some super super interesting bits of information um in there for anyone wanting to go and have a little read but that we took you talked about w series on there and you've obviously got friends in the championship and you're supportive of the championship but with in terms of the the money that went into w series um you thought that potentially there was a, a more effective way of using that money uh in order to support and bring girls up through the ranks can you just talk to us a bit about what you potentially would have used the money for or would like to see funding go into? Right. So I guess in the early stages of all of that, I did know a few other like female racers that had gotten approached by W Series and they weren't like the most productive of conversations. Mm-hmm. And so to see more of that money maybe being used towards scholarships to just help women up through the ranks of like their respective sport I thought would have been a great thing to see more than like creating a whole championship around it but I did wind up being very pleased with the way that W Series did wind up running their championship and everything that they were able to bring to the table Um, and even just the experiences that a lot of the girls um, got to have from that experience and just how much it can improve their driving even in sports cars or whatever else that they're competing in and a lot of them went back to like the series that they were doing before and just absolutely dominated so that was amazing to see. Yeah scholarships are something that also come up quite a lot in our conversations and the need to sort of support people in that way as well so hopefully in the future we do see some more of that for not only for females but you know across the board for the underrepresented groups as that is a really tangible way to support people up the ranks like you've just said. 
there are some other diversity initiatives out there as well. And you're a member of what was Dare to Be Different, which is now FIA Girls on Track. What um what are your thoughts on initiatives like that? And are there any other things that you're involved with similar to that to help raise visibility of of females within the motorsport? Yeah, I, I think Dare to Be Different was definitely a great initiative, and just to have like that community online mm-hmm. where people could connect and just lend each other help um, was brilliant. Um, and then obviously now being girls on track that's like a fantastic way that we're getting girls into the sport younger and giving them support to actually have a chance to make it higher up the ladder mm-hmm. I know from some of the talks we've had in the U.S. that for example like more than 50 percent of girls doing dirt circle track racing leave around like puberty age Um, except we haven't done any studies on why we're losing girls around that time and I would suspect a lot of it is just like potentially going to high school and having other sports that they might be interested in just the social aspect they want like to be with their girlfriends and not you know fighting their way up through like the dirty (laughs) like circle track scene um but yeah, I mean, initiatives like Dare to Be Different or FIA Women in Motorsport are great. We're seeing um, a few in the US that I've thought have really been great. Um, Fuel the Female, which was doing some events during IndyCar and connecting girl, school girls to um, like the women in IndyCar um accelerating change which is just getting more women onto the track they host all female track days that are free to their like subscribers Mm -hmm. um and then shift up now just relaunched yesterday with a new membership-based model so more similar to how dare to be different was doing things and providing you know partnership discounts with i think saybelt is one of them bell helmets so helping their members get geared up at a more cost-effective price for them. Um, And then also I believe they're trying to, with their membership fees, go towards uh, creating opportunities for younger girls um, while also like holding seminars for all of their membership contingent. Brilliant. So there's some fab stuff going on and it's really good to see that it's not just you know, like the big players, like we mentioned, the FIA there as well with their women in motorsport and girls on track. So it's not just the governing bodies that have initiatives and projects going on. It's some of the smaller independent organisations as well, because I think it's important to have it across the board so that it's even more accessible, the kind of the support that underrepresented groups need. We've talked a lot about female representation but what are your thoughts on sort of ethnic diversity or, or lack of ethnic diversity, shall we say, in the sport from, from your own experience and your own thoughts? Yeah, so obviously big thing with like female visibility, um, like the keyword is just visibility. Like it's important to have at any level 
of the sport, any like aspect, whether it's like rallying, circuit racing, karting, anything that it's just key to have the visibility of people of all ages, genders, ethnicities, because that's the thing that like kids see. And if they see someone that looks like them doing something, it creates a much more tangible thing that they can do because they've like already seen someone that looks like them do it. And while I'm not someone who's necessarily big on having like something just for like groups just for women or just for people of different ethnicities, whatever, I think until we have groups that are diverse at that top level and that is creating visibility that we need to have additional like steps to make sure that people get there. Yeah, I agree. The visibility aspect is a huge thing. And yeah, it's not ideal that you have to create separate um, initiatives to support people. But if that's the only way it's going to happen, then we don't really have much choice. Have you seen any improvements over recent years in terms of the diversity on the ethnicity front within rallying? Or do you feel like there's still a lot of work to do? Obviously, within Formula One, we've seen a lot of noise about it, but do you feel like that's been mirrored at all in other fields? I think, well, in the US scene, it's interesting because everything is fairly like grassroots. Mm -hmm. So I think there's definitely like the aspect of money, like to be at the top and sponsorship, but it is like, I feel in general, a very even playing field. But then you look at something like that, top level like WRC and I don't know like there's not to there's not that much ethnic diversity like at that level um and it would be like great if there is more (laughs) Mm. I I agree with that and going back to what you said it is totally about visibility and it's important for all sort of underrepresented groups for people to see that that's possible and I think that's really what it boils down to essentially mm-hmm. yeah um and then right now there's actually starting FIA Rally Star uh, which is meant to be an initiative for younger drivers under the age of 26 I believe which is meant to have the ASNs all have uh, talent identification procedures in place okay. so that uh, basically like through either Um, local events or actually sim racing that they'll be able to identify a number of young talents across the globe and actually give them opportunities after some like in-person testing as well to identify um, some to move on to the next step which includes the opportunity to be um, in junior WRC for I think two seasons okay so that's a really interesting new initiative that I hope will bring more diversity because it's not something that you have to have that money or sponsorship to enter and the fact that they're including sim racing in their talent identification is really interesting yeah I think that's quite good because sim racing sort of is just opens up another area of motorsport and just makes it that bit more accessible because if you if you don't have the funding to you know fund a a race car which obviously can be quite pricey 
you may be able to have a look at the alternatives in, mm-hmm. in sim racing. So it just makes it a bit more achievable, I guess, for, for some people who have that interest, which is really good. Um, sort of taking all of what we've discussed together, talked about a lot of really cool projects and initiatives that are ongoing in sort of motorsport more widely. What would be your sort of ultimate hope for the future in terms of diversity and inclusion in this industry? Well, I'm actually really excited because although our ASN in the US isn't a full ASN, like basically instead of having one governing body where it's like made up of member groups and not all of the member groups have interests within the FIA. So it makes things like the Women in Motorsport Initiative kind of get lost Mm -hmm. because if we have a representative to the Women in Motorsport Commission, but in terms of like funding, all funding is in each member body individually. So there's no like collective thing, for example, to be able to go out and hold events um, unless the commission member goes out and fundraises herself. Um, But we were having some talks last year about at least within a couple of the member bodies um, doing a women in motorsport kind of initiative and then hopefully being able to expand that and include more of the member groups if they like what we're doing. But they've actually decided in the U.S. for ACUS to have a um, diversity and inclusion person so I'm really excited that they're appointing someone to be in charge of that and hopefully make things happen Thank you to Kiana for joining us and sharing her journey in the world of rallying. It's always fascinating to hear from individuals who didn't necessarily have the dream of getting into motorsport but instead fell into it And that's exactly what happened with Kiana. She only realized her love for racing after she went on the car handling course and then to a few events with her dad. Absolutely. And it's interesting that it was through these outings with her dad that she found this interest. Just because often when we speak to females within the industry, they say that it's through their male friends or family that they were introduced to motorsport rather than being drawn to it themselves. So hopefully now with more and more women openly sharing their passion for the sport, We'll see more young people getting involved through the sport, not just through their male relatives, but more so their female family and friends too. I hope so too, and I also hope that over time some of the gender biases that Kiana mentioned are eliminated because, as she proved, they're so often incorrect, and just more generally, it's so important not to make judgment without reason. Yeah, and there's a lot of organisations out there doing the work to overcome these issues that some women can face in motorsport. And Kiana actually ran through some of them over in the US that are supporting female races. I would say it's also worth bearing in mind that not everyone will come under, for example, the FIA Women in Motorsport, as Kiana actually mentioned in our chat. So it's good to have different bodies for different interests and different disciplines. And perhaps it could be an idea in the future for these various organisations to come together and raise the profile of women in motorsport as a wider industry goal. Search Kiana E. Chang on Insta and Twitter to follow up what she gets up to on the rally scene. And as always, find us on Instagram at We Are Driven by Diversity for the very latest. Make sure to subscribe, and if there is anyone that you would love to hear on the pod, drop us a message and let us know. 